0: So Galatians 1, 1 to 10. It says this, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. I would not be a servant of Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, specifically tonight for these letters that, uh, that were sent from the Apostle Paul to the churches that he, he visited and that he knows so well. God, we pray that as we study the book of Galatians, the, the letter to the Galatians, that Uh, you would speak to us the same words you spoke to them, that you would encourage us in the same way you encouraged them. Lord, that you would strengthen our faith just as you strengthened theirs through this message. We pray that as we study it tonight, that you would be here among us, that your Spirit would be speaking to us, encouraging and strengthening us in the things that we need to know. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So just uh, by way of introduction here to uh, the book of Galatians, you may remember that uh, the last couple weeks before Easter, we were actually in the region of Galatia. Paul was on his first missionary journey. He was uh, journeying out from Antioch. He went uh, around into, uh, well, I'll I'll show you here, actually. I brought the map up for us again. Um, So uh, you'll see he, he was in Antioch here north of Jerusalem, and on his first missionary journey, he came across to Cyprus and up to uh, Perga. And then in the past couple weeks, we were in uh, Antioch and Pisidia, as well as uh, Iconium, uh, Lystra, and Derbe, which are the southern portions of Galatia. So this is where Paul has physically been. And now what we'll see today is that we're, uh, we're in a letter that Paul wrote back to the churches of Galatia, so uh, Antioch and Pitsidia, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. He's writing back to them, and it's only been probably uh, less than two years since he's been there. Okay? He returned back to Antioch, uh, where he sort of made his missionary base for most of his journeys, and, uh, and now he's writing a letter from there back to the Galatians, uh, encouraging them and strengthening them, and admonishing them to not fall away from the gospel that he preached. As you may have heard as we read the passage, Uh, he is really um, challenging them to stay faithful to the gospel that he had preached to them originally. So uh, this is probably written, the the letter of Galatians, just intro to to the letter of Galatians, was probably written after Paul returned to Antioch, maybe 48 AD. Uh, And so there's a couple questions right off the bat that we Uh, need to answer, and that is first to remind ourselves who, again, is Paul, and second to remind ourselves uh, who are the Galatians. What do we know about both Paul as well as the Galatians? So first, uh, who is Paul? We can look quickly at the text itself. Verses 1 and 2 say this, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. So Paul is the one writing this letter, and he says a few things about himself. First, he labels himself among the apostles. He says, I am an apostle. And we'll see throughout the Galatians that Paul is, uh, strongly defends his, his apostleship uh, to the Galatians, his authority to speak the gospel of Christ to the Galatians. And he shows us exactly where that authority comes. Just as the authority for the 12 apostles came directly from Christ's commission tor- toward them to, uh, to be witnesses of the truth, so too for Paul, his commission, his sending out, was personally from Jesus, and his message is directly from Jesus. We'll see him hammer away at that again and again throughout uh, Galatians, that his message came not from men, not through man, but through Jesus Christ. It's important that he emphasizes this to the Galatians for uh, one particular reason, and that is that uh, the Jewish Sanhedrin had uh, had a practice of sending out their own apostles. They would actually call them apostles as well, um, and these apostles were to represent the uh, represent and teach the message and rulings of the Sanhedrin. That is the courts of of the Jews. Uh, to the synagogues and places in places in the areas where the Jews had, had, had gone out. And so they too had sent authorities to preach on their behalves, to, to send messages on their behalves of how people were to operate. And what Paul is really contrasting himself with is these men who were sent out to uh, share a message from men and for men. And Paul is saying of himself, this is not a message from a man nor through a man, this is a message through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul later states it very plainly that, that he's not seeking any man's approval as he goes out to preach, but rather he is a servant of Christ. We see in verse 10, for, I am now, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul's life has been radically changed. We know uh, from his experience on the Damascus Road in Acts 9, Jesus came to him personally, uh, appeared to him, and declared to him that he would be his uh, his witness to the Gentiles. And we see that Paul's life dramatically transformed from that, and now he's going out uh, boldly preaching the gospel uh, throughout the nations. So we've reminded ourselves of who Paul is. He's an apostle. He's not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ he is sent out. And next we see that this message here is, is to the churches of Galatia. So who are, who are the churches of Galatia? Well, let's remind us of that as well. Again, we've shown you the map of where they are physically, but uh, we, might ha- we have a little bit of context of where they were spiritually as well. You may remember in Acts chapter 13, verses 13 to 52, we were talking about uh, Paul as he ministered in Antioch and Pisidia, which is uh, uh, right up here, the sort of southwest side of Galatia. And there he was ministering in a synagogue. And. Uh, he was there with John, and as they were there in the synagogue ministering or as they were there you know participating in synagogue the the rulers of the synagogue said, "If you have an encouragement encouraging word, would you share it?" and so uh, Paul uh, obediently you know, gets up and, and continues to share a message that we 've heard over and over as he outlines the history of Israel for them and and declares the uh, the new work that God is doing through Christ Jesus and he ends with Uh, this statement to them in verses 38 and 39 of chapter 13 in Acts. He says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. See, the message that Paul was preaching boldly to uh, the the Jews in Antioch of Pisidia was this that you can no longer trust in the laws of Moses as as a means of salvation. They were never intended that way. They were only intended to point out the fact that we are sinners. But you have changed them into uh, a methodology of 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 trying to achieve salvation, and that's never was their intention. And instead, the intention was for the for the laws of Moses to point out that we are broken people and that we are desperately in need of salvation from God and from God alone. It's a message that's declared throughout the Old Testament that God is the Savior. There is no sacrifice provided throughout the Old Testament law that that takes away sins, in fact. It was all purity and and holiness uh, rituals pointing to the fact that salvation comes through God and God alone, not through the acts of men. So they declared to them boldly that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything which you could not be freed from by the law of Moses. The law of Moses could not free us from our sinful nature. It could not bring us to righteousness in Jesus. That was the message declared to Antioch and Pisidia, no longer rely on the works or on the law of Moses, but rely on the grace of Christ Jesus. Similar, we know also of uh, some Gentiles in Galatia from uh, Iconium and Lystra. In chapter 14 verses 1 to 28, we see this uh, discussed as they were trusting not in the law of Moses, but rather in the works of gods. We see that uh, Paul, Paul and John again are there in Lystra, and as they're there, they come upon a man who has been, uh, who's been crippled since he was born, okay? So I think 40 years he had been crippled. And Paul looks at him and sees that he has faith to be healed and heals him on the spot. And as he does that, the, the people of Lystra come out in droves wanting to worship Paul, for what he had accomplished w- worship Paul and John they called Paul Hermes and they called John Zeus okay they had ascribed to them names of the gods and they wanted to worship them in fact the, the temple priest of of uh, of Zeus came forward and was going to present sacrifices and uh, Paul and John as they saw that that was the first indication they saw that they were actually being worshiped by these individuals and so Uh, So this is Paul's response to them as they come and try and worship them for the acts that they are accomplishing, the works that they are doing. Paul says this, Men, why are you doing these things? Why are you coming to worship us? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Paul's message to uh, to the Gentiles in Iconium and Lystra throughout Galatia was that you should, not, should no longer trust in the works of the gods, of powerful experiences, but rather in the God who is living, the God who has come down in the name of Christ. See, Galatia was filled with those people, that those who trusted in either their self-righteousness or in powerful experiences. So we know who Paul is now, we know who the churches of Galatia are, we know some of their background, but what we'll find in Paul's message to the Galatians is that the gospel is not rooted in our self-righteousness or simply in the experiences we encounter, but the gospel is rooted in grace and peace found in Jesus at the cross. Self-righteousness and, and uh, trust in experiences was what uh, these individuals struggle with the most. And the gospel that uh, Paul and John proclaimed to the Galatians was much different than that. And we see plainly in verses 3 to 5, what the gospel, in fact, is. What the gospel is that, that Paul was preaching to the Galatians. We see it lined out plainly for us. And, and this is what we see, is that the gospel is grace and peace. So first, uh, it says in verses 3 to 5, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us, from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What is the gospel? The gospel is grace, and the gospel is peace. What does it mean that the gospel is grace? Simply stated, it means that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve the gospel by our works. In the gospel... in In the gospel of Christ, our sins are forgiven, not by any accomplishment of our own, but only by Christ's work on the cross. I want to point out the way that this is phrased here in in verses 3 to 5. It says, Jesus gave himself according to God's will. Again, it says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. It was Jesus' decision to give himself on the cross. He made it consciously and intentionally on our behalf. But not only is it Jesus' decision to go to the cross, to willingly go, but also it's God's will that he should go. At the end of verse 4, it says, Jesus did this according to the will of our God and Father. It was God's will that Christ be crucified on the cross for our sins. This is something we do not deserve. In ourselves, as we've talked many times, in ourselves, our nature is sinful We are enslaved to this present evil age, but Christ came and gave himself that we might be delivered from our sins and from this present evil age. The gospel is grace. The gospel is the opportunity to see our sins washed away in the blood of Jesus. A free gift of grace for us. The gospel is grace. Second, the gospel is peace. The effect of having the grace of the Lord Jesus upon us, having our sins wiped away, is that now we no longer have uncertainty about our eternal destination. We are eternally secure because of the grace of Christ Jesus. The question here is, What is it that steals our peace? Why do we have a lack of peace in our lives? Plainly, it's uncertainty that brings a lack of peace in our lives. Uncertainty brings about anxiety. It's whether uh, whether your anxiety is, is the result of Uh, financial situation or a a situation with your health or a situation uh, with your relationships. Uncertainty in those areas causes a lack of peace. What we find in the gospel is that the gospel is peace. It is the provision of eternal hope. You see, before Christ, we, we have an uncertainty about what will occur in the afterlife, after we pass away, what will happen to us. But because of Jesus, our our security is assured. Because of the forgiveness that Christ gives us in the cross, that grace that we've received, our eternity is now certain. And so no no longer do we need to be anxious about uh, the comings and goings of this life on earth. But rather, our Hope is secure in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is the gospel of peace. So what is the gospel? The gospel is grace. And the gospel is peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the question that we will deal with throughout Galatians and explore even further is is this is there another gospel? Because the Galatians seem to think there is. Verses 6 to 10, we see this. First, we see the issue in verse 6. Verse 6 says, Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. So Paul now has recognized that in less than, uh, less than two years, these Galatians have turned from that which he boldly preached to them, a message of salvation through grace and faith alone in Jesus, and peace through him, to something different. That they've deserted the gospel that they received initially. So that's the issue that Galatians have turned from the gospel that, that, uh, that Paul preached. And so second, we'll look at the, uh, what is the cause of that. And we see it in verse 7. The cause is this, that there are some, uh, some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. men that, uh, that Paul has sort of alluded to in his intro have now come, uh, come among the church in, the, in Galatia and are trying to distort what Christ has started there, trying to tell them something different to follow than what they have been following. So just to demonstrate uh, a little bit about distortion, I've got a little clip for you. Maybe I hope it'll work, but... Uh, we sh- we shall see if technology cooperates with us. Oh, it may or it may not. I've <clears throat> got a quick clip to sh- share with you about uh, about distortion. There it is. We're not a big church, so we deal with technical issues. See? (laughs) Let's try again. Aw, man. There we go. All right. So this is a clip about about distortion. It's a music lesson for you, actually. So yeah. how to play heavy metal. We're going to go through this advertisement real quick, and then we'll be good to go. Sorry to advertise Geico for you, but it's a free clip, so. (laughs) All right, so what is it like to distort something? Distortion is a very popular effect that gives you that rock sound. It's an overdriven amp tube type of sound as opposed to a clean sound, which this is a clean sound. All right, clean guitar sound. Distortion is the rock sound. Let's turn that on, and it gives you this, this very full, rich, baldy, chunky And if you listen to any rock radio station, every song you play will have that sound. Now, if you are a relatively kind of sloppy player like, like me using distortion, will hide or mask some of those <laughs> imperfections. Huh, interesting. Okay. Thank you for bearing with me with that distortion. You guys see how that, see how that connects? Very, very plainly. Should I explain it some more? Okay. Um, so as you saw in the clip, you can, you can play a guitar cleanly, right? Or you can use a, a distortion on it. And I think I, the thing that I love about what he points out is that it hides imperfections that are there. See, uh, Paul is ple- preaching a very plain message. And that's that faith in Christ is our only hope for salvation. And those that are coming to Galatia are preaching a message that distorts the gospel of Christ. Look at it in, uh, in verse seven, or verse six and seven. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, not that there is another one, but there are some among you who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ, and why would they want to do that for their own gain, for their own, um, for their own puffing up? As as Paul said, he is not one sent from man or by man, but he is sent from Jesus to proclaim Christ's message, and these men are are coming to uh, distort what has started in Jesus and. Uh, and uh, uh, submit these uh, believers to another teaching, to something else, to some other work in order to achieve their salvation. What Paul has been preaching plainly to us is that it is no longer by the law of Moses, it is not by the law of Moses that you are saved, it is not by powerful works and experiences that you are saved, like, like we saw in Lystra. Rather, it is simply by faith. In Christ Jesus, is a clean and simple message that in Christ and in Christ alone do we find grace and peace. The cause of the Galatians deserting the gospel is that some have come among them and have tried to distort the message of Jesus to something different. Those distorting the gospel are turning people from trust in something, uh, turning people to trust in something other than Jesus. So the warning he gives is powerful. Um, He emphasizes this warning doubly in verses eight and nine. He says this But even if we, so he first includes himself in that, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you originally, let that man be accursed. Accursed is similar to what Christ said when, uh, when uh, he says, If any man should lead a child astray, lead a child into sin, he is better off being a man whose uh, head was tied to a millstone and thrown into the water. That's what Jesus said about those who lead children astray. And the, the, the meaning is similar here. Paul says, if we or an angel from heaven should come and preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, that salvation comes through faith in Christ alone, let that man be accursed. Let him be eternally separated from God. Let not that man live. Verse 9, he says it over again. As we've said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Paul says, don't listen to those who preach anything contrary to the simple gospel of Jesus. The simple gospel that, that grace is found in the cross of Christ and our faith in Jesus. That peace, eternal hope in Jesus is found in him alone. He warns them to stay true to the gospel they received at first. The foundation of our study of Galatians is simply this. The gospel is grace, the forgiveness of sin in Jesus, and the gospel is peace, eternal life with God. It's vital for us to continually remember ourselves what the gospel is so that we don't begin following what it isn't. I've shared this illustration before, but when, uh, when people are being trained for, uh, to, to identify checks that are fraudulent, The way they train them primarily, the first thing they train them is to know what a check looks like, to know how the check should look if it were a true check. The primary teaching isn't on the millions of ways that you could uh, fabricate or distort a check, but rather on what a check should always contain and what it should look like. And Paul is saying a similar thing to us here. People will come and try and distort and change the gospel of Christ for their own gain, for their own personal gain and advancement in the world. But Paul is saying, remember the simple gospel of Christ. It is a gospel of grace, undeserved favor from God. It is a gospel of peace, eternal hope in Christ Jesus in him alone. The gospel is eternal life with God through the forgiveness of sin in Christ Jesus. It is grace and peace. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness to us, God. Your willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Lord, so powerful is Paul's description of your motivation of love toward us. That Christ willingly subjects himself to the cross. That we, who have chosen sin so time and time again, would have the opportunity to be restored to relationship with God. Your son willingly went to the cross for us. And not only that, but God the Father desired for it to occur, that we would have the opportunity to come in to his presence again. That is grace. We do not deserve that. Lord, we thank you for the gospel, that it is grace. We thank you that the gospel is peace, that when we accept Jesus as our Savior, our sins are washed away, and we stand firm on an eternal hope that whatever comes our way doesn't matter in the light of eternity because you have saved us. We are your children. We are ever in your presence. It is no longer by religious observance. It is no longer by powerful experience that we trust. It is only in the gospel of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.